What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to episode 18 of Meet the Critters. We got a fun one tonight. We got Tiffany Baxter from Backyard Butchery on. And we're I've been on what probably two or three podcasts with Tiffany now. And we always just end up talking about butchering. Um, and this time we're gonna go into what she's actually raising because she has a gaggle of stuff down there in Oklahoma. So we are gonna go ahead and pop her up right now. Oh, sorry, bad angle. <laughs> no, someone was trying to uh, suggest a TikTok um, solution for us. So, I was... <laughs> uh, yeah. So we so we're late today because we were trying to figure out how to do this live on TikTok because I have been trying to grow my TikTok and Tiffany is a veteran. So no. we we're also no. <laughs> no. You're more of a veteran than me, but we were trying to figure out how to do this on live. So that's something probably going forward. We're going to try and do is try to stream these on TikTok. I don't know if we can, we'll figure it out. I don't know. (laughs) So who's Tiffany? Um, so I own and operate Freeland farms. That was my first love. And I also own and operate backyard butchery, which is Oklahoma's only mobile processing unit for beef, pork, lamb, and goat. Um, so I raised some, some show cattle, short horns, um, and it's also for beef. And then I also raise the UK Gloucestershire Old Spots. Um, I keep those and sell pork as well. And then I raise some poultry here and there. Um, in addition to a whole bunch of stuff I do with honeybees. You're nuts. I, can't. I know. The bees are my line. I'm like, bugs, I'm out. Like, Aww. But they're so yeah. much fun. I know. Well, the only forte I ever, like almost got into with bugs was I was doing Euro taxidermy for a while. So I was like this close to getting those flesh eating beetles. And I had a moment where I was just like, you're already that weird guy that boils skulls in his driveway. You don't need to be that weird guy that has a freezer full of flesh eating beetles in your garage. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I'll just stick with what I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. Right. That's fair. Um, now, honeybees are fascinating. I started doing removals back in 2014. So I'm one of those people that get into, you know, attic spaces and rooftops and I pull hives out of walls and relocate them. And I worked <laughs> commercially for four or five years also, but I gave that up once I opened Backyard Butchery. Yeah. So, so much to get into. The G-Spots. I got to know about them first. I got to. G-Spot. So I adore the breed. I just started raising them a few years ago. Um, I got my first litter down this year. Um, The pork is amazing. So the breeder I've bought from has sent me carcass photos. And as a butcher, I'm drooling over them, looking at like marbled pork. Um, You know, the goal was I wanted an animal that's going to eat grass. So I want grass-fed pork, not even just for the taste of grass-fed pork, but also just for the economical side of it. These animals are going to eat anything I give them. They're not going to be grain-fed only, you know. Um, And so I was shocked when I found the breed because getting a grass-fed animal that's also going to have marbled pork, like I still, I'm not going to believe it until I see it for sure. 
like for my own eyes. Uh, I'll be butchering six of them here in a few months. I was going to sell them as breeders because they are registered, but the breed is also, um, you know, it's also a critical breed. So there's not a lot here in the U.S. And also not to be confused because there's a U.S. line and a U.K. line. And the U.K. line is the cleaner line. So it's the pure line. It's less incestuous. And that's why I went with that. Because obviously Gloucestershire didn't come from America, right? Um, <laughs> so that's why I went with those. So there's only um, 12 female lines in the U.S. and four male lines. I've only got two of the female and one male just as a trio. Um, so I will be selling, hopefully get some get some pe- more people breeding these Gloucester old spots around here. And I call them G spots because obviously the joke is there and, and nobody right. has been and using has- Everybody calls them Goss. Yeah. And I was going like the obvious answer. Right. Come on now. Like. <laughs> Not saying we're all children, but we're all children. We're all children. It, yeah, you have to. We had a bar in town when I grew up. It was called Giuseppe's, and they had a bar downstairs called The Grotto. It was the G-spot. Like, hey, we're going to the G-spot after this? Like, it has to be. Exactly. But no, I completely understand what you're getting with, where it's like coming from the butcher's perspective on raising an animal and seeing the carcasses, you're like, oh, no, I want that. That's why I have all, I have everything in my genetic pool that I have is because of either cutting them up or seeing carcasses off of them. Right. Actually, there's been a lot of breeds that I thought I, you know, would like, and I'd really seriously considered because I do really research and sit down and, you know, try to figure out exactly what I want when I'm picking a breed. Right. Um, people just don't realize how important that is and how that's going to affect, you know, what their end product looks like. Um, you know, just like a Cooney is not going to taste anything like a Hampshire, which, you know, isn't going to taste anything like a show pig, you know, that you bought from an FFA kid. So there's all these factors that you want to really sit down and consider. And for me, the big thing is they eat grass, marbled pork, um, you know, and I love the Coonies for those, reasons right there right but they don't have the full-size pork chops no they're little mini things and i'm a pork chop girl so i'm going i gotta have the larger size um right the larger size pig i see there's a question how big do they get so my male there's a video of mine on tiktok he's probably pushing 600 pounds (laughs) that's very (laughs) my female is much smaller i'd say she's probably 450 or five um, and they're as big as they're going to get. Now he, I will say he is the perfect specimen. Every day I look at that pig and I want to put a knife to him so badly. Oh yeah. But I gotta keep, and he's just, and he's also a sweetie pie. That's the other thing is the breed is so docile. Yeah. Um, love, love that I can have a 600 pound boar just walking around. Uh, literally walking around the goats, walking around the poultry, like they're all in one synonymous. And you're, and you're not worried about it. Like it's no, you know, the, the, the worst. worst thing that would happen is he stepped on something, but typically, right. you know, that hasn't been an issue yet. It could be. Um, if something does die, he's going to clean it up. That's the worst. thing. Yeah, exactly. You're not, you're yeah. not even going to know about it unless it was something big. Right. Like, it's like, ah, that was there and now it's not. 
Yeah, um, he did. He did kind of like whack me one day and sliced my leg open, but he was trying to play. So you do have to respect the size of the animal, but they are super, super docile. He never, um, I had piglets obviously, and a couple of them got into his pen during feeding time and he was totally fine with them eating out of his bowl. So nice. I'm a, I'm a fan so far. I, I, we just castrated all of our litter that we had, except for one. We had one out of them that was like exactly what I was breeding for. Cause we bred our sow is a Hereford and then our boar was Osaba Island hog mangalitis boss. So I was going for some weird genetic stuff that I wanted to try and do, which already I was in there today. They're getting huge and a bunch of their hair is growing in like really thick. And I'm like, Ooh, all right, that worked. But we had one boar that was, he's built like a Hereford, but he has the Osaba and the Mangalitsa coloration and hair. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's the one we're keeping. Cause we just had to put down our boar probably two months ago now, just one day. Yeah, one day had a bowel obstruction, and that was it. So it's cool once you really get into it. And again, I'm not even breeding for that. I'm breeding for meat quality as well. Like, when you get into those Osba Mangalitsa carcasses, it's like, come on. And then I broke into my Herefords for the first time last year because I got uh, the ones I cut up last year were my sow's siblings. And the meat was like beef. It was marbled like beef and just big ass pork chops. And I'm like, oh, this is, I'm never raising anything else. Like this is perfect. That's awesome. Megalitzos have a really nice lard texture. I really, really like that. I bet that mixed with the old spot. Sorry, I'm moving around here. Um, I bet that's going to be a really interesting pork carcass. I would like to see that. Um, Another breed that I, you know, if I hadn't gone purebred, um, if I was mixing stuff in, have you considered like the large blacks? I was looking at the large blacks. Honestly, I still am. Like a true one, a true large black. I still am thinking about it a little bit. I'm trying to find someone who does AI because I don't want to deal with getting another boar when I already know that this is the boar that I'm going to grow out to whatever, just for to have a litter to come in for next spring. And I'm like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do just straight Herefords? Like, or do I want to do something different? Because I'm not going to find the genetics I'm looking for, for what I'm trying to do. AI. They're not it. Like my buddy who basically brought Asabas and somewhat Mangalitsas to New England is like, we were talking about it. He's like, the only way we're getting sperm of those is if, we get them from my pig and I'm like, all right, I'm not playing that game. I'm, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not collecting that. I mean, you're welcome to bring her down here. Exactly. And let, that would be easier. He's let, like, no, I saw this thing where they took a sawhorse with a tire. I'm like, Carlisle, no, I'm out. I love you. He's like, he was on the show. He was on the show last week. I'm like, I love you. It's easier to just pop it around. But he was talking about from a business like thing of like <laughs> selling sperm. And I'm like, that's yeah. Of all the businesses, that's like the only one I have zero interest in. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a woman or if there's something there. I'm a man. I want nothing to do with it. So I think we're on the same page. It's money, though. I mean, I'm looking at AIing all of my cattle. So I scooped up some show quality cattle kind of, you know, last year during... um, well, everybody here was selling cattle. Oklahoma sold right. 600,000 head last year, which is 
more, more than any other state by twofold. So I just got some show quality cattle for a good price. I mean, they're still expensive. Don't get me wrong. But then I'm looking at AIing them and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get some fancy, I'm going to get some fancy semen. And I will say it is super fun shopping for semen. I bet. I bet it is. It is so much fun. But that shit is literally a hundred to $300 a straw. And I need five to inseminate one cow. And I've got five that I'm going to AI. So we're looking at literally dropping two to $3,000 on jizz. Yeah. Never in my life did I think that I would be here telling you, Kyle, that I'm going to buy sperm at the rate of $100 (laughs) a vial. How did I get here? We're 13 minutes in. This is the way the show's going. Everybody buckle up. I'm uh, I'm done. I'm done being respectful. (laughs) No, it's all so nuts. And it's... (laughs) I So now I have to tell this story. So (laughs) this was before we had the farm, before we were raising like chickens. And there Mm -hmm. used to be a podcast. And it's funny how many people used to listen to it. It was called Chicken Thistle Farm Podcast. (laughs) And Why it was, do I feel like I've heard that before? You, I guarantee you, you have because yeah. it was a husband and wife. The husband lived at home, and they bought a house in the country, and just podcasted about raising meat birds, turkeys, pigs, all of it. Like they just went through all of it. They did a weekly podcast, and I was super interested in doing it. We didn't have a place to do it yet, but I was like, "This is what I want to do." So I was like absorbing everything I could, and I was so excited. I don't even think me and my wife were married yet. I think we were engaged, like just talking about, like talking about everything. And she, is, she was less excited then than she is now. We'll say that. And I had listened to the podcast that day and they had, were talking about inseminating pigs. And I thought like, again, coming from a complete outside perspective, like not knowing any, how any of that works going, that's really cool. And we may have had a couple hand-rolled cigarettes at the time, so we might not have been in the clearest mindset. And I was telling her about it. She just looks at me and goes, you want to fuck pigs? I'm like, no. How did you get any of that out of any of that conversation? And it turned into like a literal fight. And then we woke up and I was like, are you done? She goes, yeah, that was weird. Let's not talk about that again. I'm like, okay. What? And I, you fought, yeah, it were, you really had the story go in a certain direction until you said you fought about it. <laughs> what the hell? Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine like trying to AI a pig. No. They say it's easy, but you know, it's a corkscrew. Yeah. That's weird. That's what, that's where I'm like, how? how? Right. Like, no. How? Yeah, I would probably I would probably hurt my sow. You know, I would be terrified I'd hurt her. I'm just around here, you know, you can pay someone like 30 bucks to AI a cow. So I'm like, that's worth every I will give you all the monies. I was gonna say I have I have somebody down the road that AI's cows that I know I can call immediately and get whatever I want. So I'm like it's just so expensive this season. I know. I'm tempted to ask her if she will do pigs. So you might, she might, I mean, yeah. it's completely different, but I, yeah. I don't know, I guess with the right tool, I'm assuming they use a tool 
<laughs> so screwed up. I'm gonna need to like Google this later. Private. After We're this conversation, <laughs> I'm gonna go straight to Google and I'm gonna be Googling how to AI a pig just in going straight to videos because I need to, to, it has, you can't, I don't need to see it. the like yeah, clockwise, counterclockwise. <laughs> right. That's a genuine oh. question. I need so, to know. So Lisa has a question down here. Why five straws for each cow? <laughs> um, I have no idea. I was told that's the amount like you need to get them to take. But I don't know. Hey, if I could get away with one. Right. That'd be far cheaper. Oh, yeah. That'd be way cheaper. <laughs> Let me Google that one, too. Give me a minute. So what did you say? It was short horns that you raised? Yes, short horns. Um, nice. So just fancy red cows. I like a medium-sized cow. I'm not quite as nerdy about cows yet. Yeah. So I've been raising pigs for a while. So I, I've kind of, I know a lot about them, a lot about the breeds. I've gotten to butcher most every breed at this point. You know, there's not very many I'm lacking or wanting to butcher. Um, haven't gotten to do a purebred AGH. Ooh. So I'm waiting to do that. I've done some crosses. Right. Um, haven't done an AGH, but there's, there's another one. I did Maishan for the first time recently. Um, but yeah, I don't, cattle's not the same those cart, for me. Those look good, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just started, really just started raising cattle last year. It was, it's kind of a funny story because like some couples have kids and uh, some have cows. And I'll let you guess which one I am. Right. So in, in the breakup, I took custody of the cows <laughs> and he hadn't been, you know, originally we had agreed, like we would sell them. Um, but unfortunately, like they were so underweight, he'd kind of starved them. Not kind of, he did. I'll drag him through the mud here for a minute. Um, so I literally go out there in the middle of the night and take custody of the damn cows. They're in my name. So it is what it is. Um, and then now I get a lease property and lo and behold, now the new lease holder or the, the owner, she died oh. <laughs> and they're going to develop it. So I like had to hurry and find another lease. So it's literally oh. just been tooth and nail, tooth and nail just to get them in a steady place. Um, I'm trying to buy a land, but that's going to be, I mean, it might take me a year to build, you know, I'll buy land and build on. And um, I have plans to do, a wild game shop. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not going to run it. I'm just going to oh, open no. it. I'll oh. still, I'll still run backyard butchery. And then uh, I've got someone in mind to run the deer. The deer season's so big. It's here. so big. It's, it's, it's so it's big. So, that's it's what, the that's, Super Bowl. It really Kyle. is. It is. It is what I love about doing these podcasts is it's like talking with you, talking with Josh, talking with like butchers all over the country. We are so whitewashed up here. Like I was thinking about that when you're like, I've cut up like every breed of pig pretty much out there. Yorkshires. Like <sighs> the pigs I have, like pig breeds around me that I have is all, they're all, most of them are shipped up from Pennsylvania. That's where the majority of people get their pigs up here. And they're all Yorkshires. The farm I get my Herefords from is the one of the only registered farm that like breeds registered Herefords and everyone else who's doing it, they got them from her. Same with the Asabas and the Mangalitsas. One guy, everybody oh, else has his genetics. 
So it's like looking for different breeds and stuff up this way is like, if I show up to one and I'm like, oh, that's weird looking. Oh, it's an Osaba. I know you got it from. <laughs> I know. Wow. So we need to get you some, some genetics, man. I know. I know. Well, that's why I went crazy. I went nuts with it. I was like, I've cut up so many Yorkshires. I'm like, let's try something different. And it's, and they're always the same, you know, they're they are, the same. it's kind of like the Angus, you know, yeah. they're the same, but things. different. The carcasses might look different, but once you cut it up and you put it on, like in a package, it's all the exact same. You know, I have unpopular opinion. Um, we, you know, showing pigs is big down here and they're so disgusting, bro. Show pigs taste like shit. Oh, I'm sure. Every single one of them, it does not fail. Like, I'm assuming it's the show feed, you know, or because right. it, it's got to be. Because not every Hampshire tastes like crap, for sure. No. Even that 1,005-pound boar, that Duroc cross that I cut up, and he was intact, and he was three, I think, three years old. I mean, he even tasted great, you right. know? Um it's got to be the show feed. It's got to be the show feed. It's got to be. It's got to be the show feed. Uh, Lisa down here was saying, definitely check out the straw thing. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll Google it. I was told minimum five. Um, so maybe I've got misinformation, or maybe they're just trying to sell me extra semen. Probably, but no, I definitely agree. It has to be. I mean, showing isn't huge up here. We do have 4-H, and I'm definitely looking to get my girls into it, which more than likely means I'll be into it. Like running something there. I just, that's how I am. You're going to be out halter breaking cows. Exactly. I'm going to be doing something. Um, I've got some show cows if you need some. I don't, I'm getting out of beef. I've got one beef left that he's going in November. I'm done with cows for a couple of years trying to grow eggs. What does suck is like the breeds that we're raising, you can't actually show. They're not right. Like I know Coonies, they have a breed breeder show like within that breed at their association or whatever, uh, or with their association. But here, like at our state level, you know, town level, county level, they just allowed Herefords on the roster. Well, other than that, it's it's still just the same. It's still all the same ones. Chester's, Hamps, yours. And it's, even if houses. I wanted, even if I wanted to show my pigs, which again, at that point, I might have something done up to where it's like I have, I'm growing the rates I want, doing this, that, and the other. But even if I wanted to, if I wanted to raise, like my daughters to raise the pigs I breed for show, they wouldn't be at the right size at the age they need to be. Right. Because like, the not- Oswaz and the um, Mangalitsas grow so, like, right. they grow out so long. So exactly. it's even if I wanted her to use those, it would be like, dad, I'm going to lose. Cause it's not, it's not what it needs to be. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's everything you need to know about uh, feeding grain and, you right. know, grass fed. It, it shouldn't grow that fast. No, it, shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't, Um, you know, muscle. they're all babies. They're all babies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy, but it is funny where it's, you were mentioning you were looking for a breed that specifically would eat grass. Yeah. And well, and not just like, I want to feed hay in the winter. Right. And these guys tear up hay, but you know, I've raised Poland Chinas, uh, I've raised Berkshires and no hate on either breed, but they're not eating hay. No. You put it in there. They don't want it. 
Um, some of them will eat a little bit of it. Most of them will just root around with it. So uh, the slower growing is my preference. And that's also where you're going to get some of that marbling too. Like I don't think marbling in pork is even achievable at that age of like six months, you know? Yeah. And my breeder says he's butchering his at like nine months. I'm thinking mine are going to end up being probably 11. Yeah. Um, they were born, I think it was January or February. I'm probably going to do December. Um, probably December. It might be late December. I haven't decided yet. I have to, I have six That's and I have the most incredible plans for these six piglets. Oh, oh, absolutely. So do you, do you have the absolute worst problem that I have is mm -hmm. all of a sudden you go, I haven't booked myself for any of my home yeah, appointments. I actually literally, that's uh, a girlfriend of mine. She does butcher classes and she just canceled her classes. Her daughter is paralyzed and it's a whole sad story. So she had to cancel those classes and she's like, you're going to do one, right? And I was like, yeah, I just haven't scheduled it. Oh. Well, I hadn't, I wasn't sure when I was going to butcher the pigs for one, because this is, this will be my first batch, like I said, to actually butcher. Um, so I don't really know exactly where we're at. I'm going to go back and look at photos of my breeders that I have and see where they were at around what time and kind of go from there. Um, but I have to tell you about my plans for butchering these six pigs because Absolutely. it needs to come out. I need to get people excited about it. I am so freaking excited about this. Um, where did you go? Did you need to leave, Sorry. let the dog in? <laughs> Dog's banging at the window. Sorry. No. <laughs> How did we, I know it was an animal? Yeah. I just knew. I just yeah, knew. Yeah, it was my okay. giant 135-pound idiot. Yeah, I've got a 140-pound Pyrenees and a little yeah. 80-pound Anatolian. They were rocking and rolling just a while ago. Yeah, I heard them. I yeah, know. The, the only thing he's guarding is the couch. He doesn't guard anything. We got that's, we, that's what mine are doing. We got we got a Pyrenees and a Border Collie within a month of each other, both at six weeks. That's your problem. You got two puppies. While, while my wife was pregnant. We were mm. and well, I was, why would you set yourself up for failure like that? You knew. Well, because I was still working full time and I was like, hey, I think I'm gonna get into either sheep or goats. And my buddy had the Pyrenees down the road and I was like, well, it'll be good to have like a guardian dog farm. We've got sure. coyotes. Like we've got the butcher shop. There's coyotes everywhere. <laughs> like we know. There's oh, yeah, exactly. And he, uh, my buddy who had the Pyrenees also had an accidental litter of border collie boxer mixes. So three quarter border collie, one quarter boxer. And it was essentially a buy one, get one free. Like it was like, here you go. Here are two puppies. And I was like, well, this will be great. I can use the border collie working on the farm or if I'm on, cause I was doing way more mobile slaughter then because I wasn't set up nearly as well as I am now full time. Right. So I was like, I can use him for my pigs and cows and customers, pigs and cows. If I need to get something in or whatever. Yeah. Then I went full time, made everything here, got out of beef and <laughs> Now we just have two idiots that just run around our house. Two idiots that distracted each other during huh? the, that crucial training point in their oh, life. That was, yeah. No, yeah. There, are mo there are moments where I go, I bet I can still get Opie like trained up to like move stuff around. And then at least once a week, I watch him run into a fence and I'm like, he's fine. He's, he's living his life. He's living his best life.
My dog just woke up one day at about two years old, my Pyrenees, and he said, I'm going to be a guard dog today. And all of a sudden he became a guard dog. I swear this is how it happened. And then unfortunately two pit bulls had cornered him in a Creek. And, um, that's when I decided to get a second dog, the Anatolian. Cause and all he, he never even bit back. I'm almost positive. So I was like, I need a meaner dog. Right. I need like an offense dog. Charlie, my Pyrenees is a great defense dog. She's my offense dog, but I'm kind of in a war with one of my neighbors. And so right now they're both indoor dogs so that right. I don't worry about them getting, um, accidentally we'll say poisoned. Um, right. So yeah, until I move, that's kind of the situation with them, but okay. We got off track though. I have to tell you about my plans. Right. Your six picks. Let's go. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to have someone video at least one or two for online classes because people have been asking for online classes. I'm going to finally give people some online classes. Um, (laughs) Secondary to that, because we have six. (laughs) Right. I'm also going to do a photo shoot now. Hear me out. Hear me out. If if this doesn't work for good marketing, I don't know what will. I'm so scared. (laughs) Okay. Butcher Barbie. Yeah. No. That's why I figured you were going with it. I originally was I originally was gonna do like hot goth girl and uh like Wednesday Adams style, like the dress she wears to prom. I don't know if you've seen it. It's and have it it just be like Mm -hmm. gory, like yeah, and my yeah. hair is red. You can't really, I don't know if you can even see it. I can barely see because of this light behind me. Yeah. Um, I was blinded by the light. But the the whole idea, red hair, some red lipstick, obviously somebody's going to do my makeup for me because I am incapable. <laughs> I have like, I can put on some mascara. That's about it, right. And that's it. Yes, I can sometimes put on lipstick, but like truly this is my face. This is what you get. Like, this is why I'm single. <laughs> but I'm going to do, I have envisions of photos. And if people have suggestions, please feel free. But I'm like, I just envisioned some pictures with a knife and some blood with my hot goth makeup, maybe butcher Barbie outfit. Um, just hot pink. Make the money you can. Why I'm not? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Halloween stores just opened up. And I was like, I got to make yeah, a trip. Go. I got to make a trip. I'm going right. to go spend a ridiculous amount of money on costumes. Well, that's what, that's what it, the shittiest part about like content creating, which I've very like recently, like three days, finally been like, all right, I'm a content creator. That's what I'm doing. Like I'm yeah. creating content across multiple platforms for people to watch like, all right, I guess we're doing it, but it's, you have to look through everything at such a different lens of like, I know exactly what I'm doing, how I do it. Now I'm going to go ahead and tie one arm behind my back and stop six times to turn a camera on and off, which is also your phone. Like for me, it's, I film everything on my phone. So it's like, not only is it my camera, it's also my phone. So God forbid somebody calls in the middle of a video or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the stuff that, you know, I've experimented a lot with it. The stuff you think people want to see and the stuff that I assume they know. Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest thing. I get, I can post. 
the most innocent three second video of anything. And right. I will have at least one man in the comments critiquing what I'm doing. Like I posted something in this guy was talking shit on my scope today. He's like, what, what is I saw that. I was like, scope. And I'm just like, what? I had why I had that on. I had my first like people commenting in it, and the first one I was crying laughing. The first comment was why, comma just why, and it was it was honestly I'm shocked it's still on TikTok. I don't know how I passed it. I was playing around with experimenting with some filters and stuff, and somehow it's still there. But it was well, a cow I, hanging from mm -hmm. the tractor, to just big green tractor by Jason Aldean. And I'm like, this will be funny. And I put like sparkly. I know you saw it, but for people who did, yeah. I put like sparkly, like shimmers on it too. It was, his, I thought it was hysterical. And somebody was like, you need to tell me how and why this happened. I understand cattle dying in the field, but needs to be posted. And I'm like, do you want to talk to the 40 people that liked the picture? And also, why don't you go ahead and look at any of my past history and just my name on TikTok and right. you'll have a guess of why this cow is dead. Like, you know, I, I'll test that theory. I'll post something. We'll go black and white and see if it makes a difference. But my shit gets taken down constantly for violent graphic content, animal abuse. You can't show the firearm. They'll nope. flag you for guns. Mm -hmm. So it really limits what I Unless can do. And in the followers. beginning, in the very beginning, they wouldn't even let me show carcasses. I had to like, I sat there and I would appeal every single one of them. And I'd be like, this is a fully legal and licensed butcher shop. Mm -hmm. There is no animal abuse here. No. Like settle the hell down. Matter of fact, don't get me started on animal abuse. You know, like, yeah, this is, I go to people's houses and I put things out of misery. Right. They are animals. I'm helping. How yeah, often, I'm, I'm how often do you shoot one? And you're like, I did that animal a favor. I had one a week ago. It wasn't, it wasn't the customer's fault. It was a medical, like it went down. And then when we got in there, it definitely had like a UTI or something that was just, yeah. To well, the that's point. what I'm saying. And it was like, I, I literally just finished it. I ground the entire thing in the dog food. And I told him, I'm like, he's like, do you think I can get any cuts? And I'm like, no. I, I even put on the packages not for human consumption. Because I'm yeah, like. smart. No. I make people sign off on it. Yeah. Sure. Now, now we do now. We have sign offs and stuff like that for all of our stuff. Um, but that's but yeah. I get into that all the time because I'm the only mobile. We don't have anyone even doing mobile slaughter here. I heard a rumor that someone opened a slaughter truck. Um, to take to a brick and mortar, but I'm still, you know, I'm the only fully mobile. And so every down and injured animal comes my way. And listen, I give you all the praises. I haven't hot cut in so long and I pray I never have to again. I hate it. I hate it so much. And That's you, what every butcher I ever hired says. That is your go-to business model. And I'm just like, yeah, nope, I spent $10,000 on a walk-in. Done. <laughs> I know. I know, but it serves so many purposes. And right. I mean, I will say like this week I'm hurting. Like my hand is still permanently in the claw mode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's whoop, 
right there. Yeah. <laughs> I I did four head of cattle this week and yeah. a lamb, a goat, and I did a bee removal. So I essentially, and one of those jobs, I did two head of cattle in a day was two. I did two that day because she was two hours away from me. Right. So uh, I'm recuperating today. Can you do this fully solo? Yes. Savage. Everything. Everything. You are a savage. I swear to God. (laughs) Not even just, I do the bee removals. I run my farm, you know, and I've got the cattle now. And the butcher shop is completely sold. I just listed it on Google literally today. Like I got, I had started listing things, uh, got my website listed and everything on there. And then I got, I had to put like a brick and mortar location to get the actual like deal to show up for me, my phone number and everything right away. So I'm interested to see where Backyard Butchery is in four months. By the end of this year, how booked out I'm at or how booked I get. And, um, you know, really just looking forward to expanding it now. Right. Um, But getting help is complicated. I would love to have help. I started with a guy, um, you know, and then another guy and then another person and essentially... (sighs) essentially having employees for me right now is not worth it. It's not. I'm in I don't mean boat. that in to be mean, but like, you're not being mean. You're being a smart business owner. It doesn't make sense. Um, you know, some of the, the worst trips I had out were because of what the employee did right. and I had to make things right. And I have 16 years of customer service in my belt. I can smooth over anything I need to smooth yeah. over, but like I shouldn't have to. And asking someone to run it without me also, you know, that would ideally be the thing is they just totaled my trailer. I would love to build a second one if I could have like a second person, you know, even just for emergencies, because that, like I said, I just listed myself on Google. So I get these emergency calls all the time. What's going to happen when my, the word of mouth really gets out? Hey, there's a mobile butcher in town. I'm already getting, you know, shit there was one full two full moons ago or something i had 10 calls mm. within like two to three days that's not nice. i had one other per- i know just imagine what's going to happen when people know about me so i'm going it would be so great to have a second trailer just for those emergencies to get to those but like who am i going to hire to drive a 52 foot rig that's worth six figures down the road who is going to have to know how to shoot a gun from a distance at a moving animal because I also get the crazies. Don't forget the crazy aggressive. Oh, yeah. I also yeah. specialize in those. Um, and a lot of times an injured animal is the crazy. Right. Truly. That right. happens a lot. Yeah. So, you know, then you're asking them to cut fresh meat, which if they're a butcher, they've only ever cut frozen meat. And like you said, and it's an extremely different process. Like It's night and day. I worked in a shop and I cut beef and I had to like relearn Everybody's like, who taught you? And I'm like, I did because I mean, and I was only at that shop for a short period of time. Like they knew what I was doing. I off like they knew I was building backyard butchery and I was wanting to learn more while I was building the business. And then I guess she didn't want me there. Well, I think that's why I think that's why you're good at it. And you have that mindset of like, well, this is just what I do. Because like I said, I, I went through an apprenticeship. I went through all of like, Traditional, like traditional training. Yeah. (laughs) Like real training. Yeah. Like, and you were just like, nope, this is what we're doing. And I think that's (laughs) fucking awesome. Like, I'm like, I'm just a redneck. 
I'm also sitting there with the hair on the back of my neck sitting up just going, I never want to cut a whole beef hot. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a chore for sure. But like, you know, but then you're asking them to do that. And you're also asking them to brave the weather. So like right now it's 105. And I'm working in an aluminum tin can. Yeah, I've got AC units, but my friend... You still skinning. I still skin and gut outside. And that was my choice. I could have built the trailer where we did that indoors, but I wanted that bacteria outside. Yeah. So um, essentially you're doing that and it, and it's not always the opposite in winter, you know, you're working in high humidity, which makes it feel much colder, Um, 30 degree weather sometimes. And then you've got the complications of like, Oh, what happens if something breaks and you're in the middle of a pasture with no cell service? Yeah. You're going to have to figure it out. You know, once you shoot that animal, you're there, there is no option but to finish packaging it before the end of the day. Um, so no pressure. But yeah. who am I going to hire and how much is that going to cost? Like nobody's going to be able to do all of those things. Um, so I think like expanding on the trailers would require me to do a franchise. Truly. Right. Some, they would have to have like money invested in and be already, yeah. yeah so it's it is nuts what i do and everybody's always wondering like when am i getting an employee and i'm like well have you seen the economy it's not it's not worth it we're in the we're in that boat right now where i'm like i it's could not- double my production probably right now if i hired someone but then at the same time i'm like so i can then pay that person like it's like no yeah. i'm just gonna put in the time where it's like, and it's also the days I work are so all over the place. Cause again, it's right at my, like my shops at my house, everything is very like scheduled out of like who's coming when. And I've got the kids half the time too of bouncing them around. And it's like, I'm not gonna like hire someone and it's be like, all right, well, I need you Tuesday at this time, Wednesday at this time, and probably Friday. It's like, right. that's not gonna work. Like, I'm not gonna be able to hire someone to do that. And also, I know we've talked about it, like everything you just said about dealing with the elements, dealing with crazy animals and working, which at this point in time is a terrifying thing to most people, like actually working. It's like being a butcher is a hard thing to talk someone into. Right. And that's not even, that's not even getting into like the safetyness of it. No. You know, what happens when they they wear a glove running the bandsaw and it catches the glove. Yeah. I have a huge, huge, that is my biggest fear. Yeah. That is my biggest fear. I had a buddy, I had a, I had a buddy that happened to. Took oh. off. Yeah, if they slip and fall and they're not, you know, they don't have their knives in a scabbard, like. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it. I don't think about it because it's what I've been doing for the past 13 years. Like it's, I don't think about all of the awful stuff. Like I, every now and then I have somebody comment or like do something about how I hone. Cause I hone to me. Like I hone with the knife coming directly so hand and chest and people are like, what are you doing? It's like, you're not changing this now. Like, this is exactly how I do this. Like I don't care. But if I was to train someone I would probably suggest doing it the other way because I've sliced my hands up so many times from doing that, that it's like, all right, if you want to kind of protect yourself and not slice up your hands, it might be smart to do it this way, but Uh, like, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not going to put six months into somebody who's just going to leave. Right. And that's the other thing is it would literally take me probably a year 
to yeah. train someone. And well, so that means that I, really I'm investing a full year in you. How long are you really going to stay? Um, you know, and on injuries, I don't know if you saw like what I did, I went, yeah. oh, you can, I don't know if you see that. I, I yeah. sliced my wrist up. I was just barely missing tendons. I barely missed, you know, <laughs> yeah, barely missed my own, you know, artery. You almost, right I almost cut my femoral artery. That, yeah, exactly. It's scary. Like, um, I, I actually waited about 30 seconds because I was like, oh, let's see if I bleed out real quick. And um, then I finished gutting that pig before and got it in the trailer and got the trailer run at the ACs running before we went to the ER. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I had to finish when I came back. Yeah, but you have to like but that, but it, you can't we can't expect to find another crazy person. I know like all of the best butchers I've ever met have sought it out. Like that's what I did. I went to a place and was like, I want to work here. And then when I went to USDA, I literally went to every USDA plant in New Hampshire and Maine and gave an application. And one called like three weeks after I had another job and I was like, see ya. But um, you can't like, you already need to have the drive to do it or the interest. If you have the littlest bit of interest, we could hook you. And we can make you think it's worth it. But if you at this point have like, if you walk in just like, oh, I'm just looking for a job. I'm going to turn you away no. because this isn't just a job. No. Like there are days where this sucks. Like this is the worst job on the planet. Yeah. I love it. And I'll never do anything different. But there are days where it's just like, I don't even want to do this. And I have my entire, all my bets hedged on this one. Oh yeah. No, I completely understand that completely. Um, I'm too far into it now. I don't regret it. Yeah. I don't regret it at all, you know, but I do have people constantly asking me specifically on TikTok because that's where my, you know, out of state reach really is. Wow. And I, I am constantly getting messages and emails about like, well, how did you build your trailer and how much money is in it? And how much do you make? You're living my dream. And I want to say to them, you think it's your dream, <laughs> right? I do tell every one of them, like, I invite you to work a day with me. Oh yeah. And also I have more invested in that trailer than I do in my house. So, um, but I'm not going to, I'm also not just going to hand you like, here's my business plan on a silver platter. Like this, right. this trailer is the I only one like it in the entire country. And it took me a year and seven months to build it. I had to, I, we obviously, since the beginning of this video, people probably figured out I'm not great with technology. Okay. So <laughs> whenever I planned this out, you're used to it. I'm not either. Yeah. I literally sketched it out on a piece of paper. You know, I did find an app and had like the square footage figured out where I wanted everything and how I wanted it designed, but I had to hire an engineer, you know, for weight distribution and figuring out the rail system. Because originally when I, like when I was building the business, I thought that I would do a lot of farm slaughter and hauling to other butcher shops. Right. But then that never happened because the shops around here, everybody is so cutthroat unintended you know they they don't want to work with who might be a competitor to them yeah, and yeah. and i'm like sitting here going this is crazy because slaughtermen specifically like work contractually around here so like one slaughterman may go work at one shop on monday one shop on tuesday a different shop on thursday you know and that's 
I'm sitting here going, those, I can do that. Like I can fulfill that need. Right. Also farm kills are way better. Oh my God. Um, I, w- I wish there was a bigger market for that. If I could literally so just better. slaughter. Oh my God. But see, that's the thing is I thought that would be part of my business, but it's right. just, it's just not. Yeah. Um, there are things about my business. I, you know, thought would be like a thing. And then things that I didn't know would be such a thing like the down and injured animals, you know, like the crazy aggressive ones. I didn't know I was going to have to go get, you know, what that guy's calling a $19 scope, which is a $600 scope. Um, I didn't know I was going to be making distance shots from the road. Yeah. That's, I mean, (laughs) that's tough. Yeah. I I didn't know that's what was, you know, you just don't know. You just don't know until you do it. And like I said, it's the first of its kind. And so I didn't have, I didn't have a model to model off of. And these people want me to just like hand them all of that physical, emotional labor. (laughs) And that's what, and that is what's nice about like the position we're kind of both in where it's, we just kind of went off and it's like, we're doing this, like we're figuring it out. And again, my regulations in New England are way more relaxed than they are down there. Which is so ironic, isn't it? I don't, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and I've talked to a lot of people about it. New Hampshire has a decent agricultural like base with limited infrastructure. Like I think we have two, two or three USDA facilities left in the state, two or three in Maine, like one or two in Vermont. So, and like a hand, like I can probably count on maybe two hands, the amount of like reputable custom people up here. And it's for custom up here. I don't need anything. Like I'm a contractor. That's it. That is absolutely essentially what I am. I am a contractor. I don't need any of the permitting and stuff like that. I can show up to your house. You can show up to my house and you can come pick up your beef kind of thing. Well, and that's but there's no be. market. There's no massive market up here for it. As where you guys are in Texas and Oklahoma, where how many slaughterhouses do you have in your state? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's but it's, be in the thousands. Like, we're supposed to be like this agricultural state, and yet we have more regulations than anyone. Exactly. Like but when you I was guys in, have all the lobbyists and all the big businesses that get yes. the ears of the politicians that go, "Hey, why don't you make it so we get all that business?" It's very frustrating, and that's actually how Backyard Butchery was born. Is like I was heavy in the poultry industry years ago, and you know I started by just Joel Salatin pastured poultry, you know, pastured poultry for profit. I read that book. I was already raising chickens. I was learning how to butcher. And next thing I knew I was butchering a hundred chickens every few weeks and selling the meat like a crazy person by myself again, by the way, on the weekends, um, I was bartending at night and I was butchering chickens during the day. Well, um, matter of fact, I would bring those chickens to work with me, put them in our walk-in cooler and people would show up to my job and uh, collect their meat at my restaurant. What is this for? <laughs> Christ, a factory USDA one. One time for from Washington, 200,000. So he's probably talking about the Friesla uh, mobile slaughter semi. Uh, the trailer and also sanitation. Yeah, 200,000, that's probably a, a pretty accurate. Yeah. Pretty accurate, but that's 
okay, what I will say about that number is that's pretty close to what you would do using like home-based equipment. Once you get into commercial-based equipment, add another hundred, add another hundred thousand. Easy. Just like my my, my band saw is so small. Like once I upgrade to um, a bigger beef style, it's going to be a $25,000 saw. It always makes me giggle when either you or Josh like comment on my stuff where it's like the bandsaw or the grinder and you guys are just like, fuck you. (laughs) I do hate you. I I have small equipment because I'm running on a 30 amp generator. It was a gooseneck. Oh, okay. So you're just talking about a gooseneck with some basic stuff. Yeah. I put in the rail. So there's, I had, and it was also during COVID. So metal was everything else. And everybody had like, pandemic purchase processing equipment too. So everything was back ordered or whatever. I have small equipment in there and just to upgrade like the grinder, 17 grand, just to upgrade Easy. the vacuum sealers, 20 grand, just to upgrade the generators, 12 grand, the, the power washers, five grand. And you add it all up and you're like, how do small business owners stay in business? Well, and it's also, you know? it's like, I was explaining this, I was explaining this to a family member the other day. Cause they were like, you sure agriculture's what you want to do? And I'm like, <laughs> I read at a third grade level and I'm already too far into this. This is what I'm doing. And they're like, well, just focus into like the butchering. And I'm like, I am. But you also need mm-hmm. to know that's also an agricultural business. Like yes. it does not matter if I never raise another animal my entire life. Being a butcher, especially a custom like slaughter and butcher, like, it is an agricultural business because it is defined by the fact that I need other people to raise these animals exactly. for me to cut up. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's already you're shooting yourself in the foot and getting into it, but. I know. Yeah. And I have people that are like, you're living my dream. And I just don't know what to say to it. I'm like, dream just higher. Work with me. <laughs> yeah, no, just come work with me for one day. You know, I'm not trying to gatekeep what I'm doing, but I am, I'm also just not handing out my, um, nor should you my like, designs honestly. that design i just need to brag about it for one second that design that trailer have you seen it it's like, pretty slick <laughs> i did not i did not cut any corners like it is amazing you spared no expense <laughs> i am so i mean there are things i knew i would like try to upgrade later like what we mentioned the vacuum sealer and the bandsaw like those things but as far as the bones of it um the, you know, the winches, the crane system that I have, the way I'm quartering it off the back end into the rail, like it is. No, when, nice. when, when you like, cause I've, I've thought about setting up like a small trailer for like moving stuff around. Like if I have an on-farm slaughter or stuff like that, I just don't do enough of it to make it financially worth it right now. Right. But it's again, mostly it's a tax write-off so I can like, get something to go down to like come come visit you guys down there and bag a bunch of hogs and deer and stuff and be like i built it for my business <laughs> well you could do it much cheaper like i oh, exactly i don't need, ways to I don't do need it to so much cheaper there's a gal down in texas that also has one of these and, and she and i actually met and collabed and worked together and uh her design's different than mine because they are required in texas to skin and gut inside which is so it drives me nuts. It's so freaking disgusting. It's like so dumb. That's so stupid because you're literally bringing all the bacteria inside. inside. That's it makes no sense to me. But that's that's the way Texas is. 
So their design's very different, but I'm telling you, she, they did all of the labor, all of the installation of everything and did it at a fraction of the price right. that I'm doing. Now, what I will say is she doesn't have a rail. I have to have a rail. Um, she doesn't have a rail and she does things a little bit differently. Like she does packages. Like she has like an all grind package, a steak package, and then like the full cut package. She doesn't do full custom. She just gives people right. options. And that's, that's smart. how they're, and they're able to, she brings her kids in and um, her partner and they, they get a cow done in like three hours, bro. Oh. Bro, that's three not, hours. And I'm just enough. like, I could never. I mean, I could do no. a mini in three hours. I can do a mini little Hereford or, or Dexter. I mean, I could I could get a cow completely broken down and like start. Well, again, you guys are going completely. Does she hot cut as well or is she? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I can't. Like I I would struggle through a hot cut for sure. You it's would hard. Ass. It's hard. But, you know, like if you were just going to do just farm slaughter and bring it back, you could literally just do like U-Haul box truck style and that's and, what i was thinking what i was really you, thinking about honestly was doing a like a school bus mm -hmm. and doing like a school bus conversion half camper half walking cooler yes you'll get more height yeah for sure and then you'll also have a little more integrity structurally for adding in any kind of rail system Anything. you want um the reason i didn't go that route is because i have extremely bad luck um, I'm the friend that is always in a crisis of some sort. Like I, that is who I am as an individual. Everybody has that friend. I'm the friend. Let's not known you. It's been pretty interesting knowing you. It's <laughs> like literally just since April, I was in a tornado. I slipped my wrist open. I've been into lawsuits. My cattle were starving. We had to go rescue them and like take custody and then get a lease. And now I got to get another lease. I'm oh. um, trying to move my neighbors, poisoning my animals. You know, that's what I'm dealing with. And so I just knew, like, I just have to set myself up for success. Um, I'm a Tony Robbins believer in uh, preparing for the worst. And I'm like, my luck if I did a box truck is that motherfucker would be on the oh. side of the road every other every week. Day. I'm getting a trailer because uh, there is no motor that like I could just right. get a you rental put truck it on another tra another truck. Bingo. So exactly. <laughs> that is, that's how I looked at it. Cause I'm like, my luck is that I would just have mechanical problems constantly. And like, believe me, I've definitely gone through lots of tires. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why like my mileage rate is also going to have to go up, not just because fuel, my fuel went up, but also just tires has gone up. Oil has gone up. Um, you know, and I'm still cheap. Like I only charge $2 a mile. See, I added, I, my wife made me add the mileage fee, but I don't, I, mm. I, I'll probably go on. I've been on two, no, not two or three, probably like four or five mobile, like in the past six months. Like I do very, very minimal unless I know you, like, unless I really know you or it's going to be a big payday. Like, right. That's the only time I do it. And I've added on, like, if you're 10 minutes down the road, it's going to be 50 bucks. But if I'm, like, traveling, like, if I have to stop at a gas station for a drink, I'm charging you 100 bucks to get to your house to do yeah. everything. Because I need to. None of my stuff is there. I have to pack everything down. <laughs> I, I know for a fact, even though you said you have a tractor, it's a goddamn lawnmower with a bucket on it. <laughs> like, I, it's, but that's oh, it. Like, it's, 
but it's being able to again go out of go out of pocket and be able to get the job done regardless. But again, yeah. I'm charging you for it because it wouldn't have gone this smoothly if you did it, like kind of thing. And I, I get that all the time of just like, well, what if I kill it and bring it up to you? I'm like, then I, it will stay in the driveway. Like it will never leave your truck. Did you see Why? my TikTok? Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. A grown man tried to fight me. Like physically two men held him from, like he was lunging towards my body. Like he was going to fight, like literally. Because you wouldn't let him take the shot? Right. So it was an emergency and um, about an hour's drive from where I'm at. It was, they had called me. I got to them less than 48 hours later. It was on a Sunday. Right. Okay. And, you know, I was having AC trouble and I told them in advance, like I've only got one AC running. So someone's going to have to kind of periodically take meat in because I'll vacuum seal it as I go. Um, and I want it to get in. I want it to start cooling down as fast as possible. You know what I mean? So I was just letting him know, like, that's the only way I will be willing to do this without that other AC running um, is if someone is is literally just running meat back and forth. Well, he agrees to that. And then I'm like 10 minutes away from their property and I get a call and the gentleman says, um, how do you kill him? And I said, well, I shoot him you know, with a gun. And he says, oh, well, um, can we, we'll just shoot him then. And I said, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> and he's like, well, what if we shoot him before you get here? And I said, I'll turn around. Yeah. And he said, okay, we'll do it your way. Well, then I get there and another man, older gentleman is, well, you're already charging me a hundred dollar emergency fee, which by the way, I just started implementing that this year. As, as you should. As <laughs> I should. I got to you within 48 hours. Again, I'm cheap too. Like I'm yeah. 85 cents a pound, $2 a mile. That's one way. I'm still way too cheap. So you're mad. Those prices need to go up. You know? <laughs> And, and you're mad that, and I gave him those prices before, like right. whenever he, he agreed to the appointment. So it's not like it was a fee that he didn't know was coming. He's like, well, you're going to charge me that hundred dollar fee anyway. And I said, yeah, I am. If you want to shoot your own animal, you can butcher your own animal. I teach classes. You can DIY baby. Um, right. Feel free to sign up on Facebook. Also, mm -hmm. <laughs> If you're going to try to save a hundred dollars, like you're trying to save a hundred dollars, like he also ran a business. I'm like, as a business owner, how do you not understand right. what's happening here? And also what happens when you fuck it up? Right. What happened? Like what? I don't even know what kind of gun you're going to use. Am I going to have to coach you where to shoot? Right. Like what, are, what happens when you emotionally like can't handle it or what? I mean, seriously, the, the possibilities I've had a bullet ricochet it's, off of a cow before. Oh, yeah. And that's when I, so when I worked at a shop, we always used a 22 mag on right. every single thing. Granted, that's animals going into a squeeze shoot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, then I get into farm kills. It was literally the first one I did by myself. Mm. Not mm -hmm. even kidding. Yep. The very first one where I didn't have an employee, I was, I finally gave up on employees and I was like, I'm solo now. I used that 22 mag and we, and if my customer hadn't been there, I wouldn't have believed it. But I mean, that thing shot straight up into the sky and I about had a freaking panic attack after that. It's I mean, the what, worst feeling. It's the worst feeling on the planet. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't had it happen to me in a while, knock on wood, but it is the worst feeling on the planet getting like, so bad. cause it's the moment, the, the quarter second after 
you take that shot and you know it's supposed to go down and it doesn't right is the longest period of time in life and it's yeah. awful it's awful that's why that's honestly why i don't do more mobile anymore cuz i'm just i hate it i hate it so much at this point right now i use my 45 long call for like my handgun for all of my slaughters because everything's coming in on a trailer that I can get either get in the trailer or reach into the trailer. Or if it's a pig, I have a squeeze, like squeeze shoot setup that I can literally just lean over, pop, done. And yeah. four, I have a 410 single shot for everything else, like if anything goes wrong. And one of the mobiles I had to go on, it was like, it was actually, it's funny, it was uh, Asaba Mangalitsa crosses for my buddy. <laughs> and, but, they had them in like a three acre paddock. The two sows went perfectly fine. And the boar took three shots. And I chased it for probably oh. five, six minutes of mm. like trying to get the right shot. And it fucking sucked. And That's I looked I, and I looked at him and I'm like, I and <laughs> of course it was um Super nice guy. He was a preacher and his daughters were home and were super interested. The daughter came down with her own victory knocks. Actually, I think we were on that round table on Josh's the day it happened. Oh, no. Like she came down with her victory knocks knives. She wanted to learn everything. When they came and picked up their meat, she was like, I would like to talk to you about possible apprenticeships. And I'm Aww. like, that's adorable. You're also moving to New York and you're 14. So Keep so. watching my YouTube channel. I guess that's all I can tell you. Like, kind yeah. of. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, but that's not even like I had a pig yeah. for not a lack of a good shot. Took four shots. Yeah, and it, that know, just happens. It's just crazy. But then I also, you know, I also went somewhere where lady lost track of her pig, and I had three on the rail. I was like, okay, I, I was only going to chase oh, around, this. huh? You told me this one. Did I tell you this one where she brought it back with six bullets in it yeah. and nearly put a yeah, nearly put a bullet in my trailer uh -huh. with me in it. So uh -huh. another talk about another day that I left the property and like sobbed. Um the minute the minute I pulled off, I had to like stop and I just like had to like let that out. Break because, that. Yeah, that's a because lot. This is fucking scary. Yeah. And and she's just like, no big deal. And I'm going. You shot at me. <laughs> I nearly died. I the, the number of near death experiences I've had since I've opened Backyard Butchery is I mean, we're at least at three just in the conversation we've had tonight. Um <laughs> you George know, bullet ricochet. <laughs> and so and so when I tell people like don't even bring a firearm out. No, don't even bring it out. I don't want to see it. Like you deal with the kill fee. I'm yeah. sorry. Like well, every other butcher shop, every other butcher shop in Oklahoma, you're not allowed no. to bring in a dead animal because you need to physically see it alive right. to like technically inspect the health of that animal, you know, see it walk, see it move, see it breathe. Um, and there's no difference in what I do. I'm just coming to you to do it. Um, to do it. Yeah. So no other shop's going to be like, yeah, you can come on back, bring your, bring your, uh, yeah, firearm no, and not, shoot, not shoot. playing with that. That's never going to happen. So the fact that they think that the the rules are different with me, I mean, I think a lot of it is because I'm a woman. Truly, I think there is some aspect to that because it's always a man. 
It's never a Listen, I get it. I know exactly what I look like. <laughs> you look like a butcher. I do yeah. not. Right. People do not meet me and instantly think, yes, yeah, she, right? she looks like a butcher. Yeah. yeah. No, they no and, it's, and it's tough. And I think also that's what makes the sting of not having like a kill shot go right worse is because it is so ingrained for us to have that argument of like, you are paying me to do this because this is my job and this is what I'm good at. Right. While I put three shots in your cow's head. Right. And I'm also Sorry. sparing <laughs> you, like, I'm also sparing you that emotional damage. Like, because like you're saying, when they don't go down and it happens and, and let's say you do just, maybe you miss a shot. Maybe your scope is out of whack, you know, it needs to be adjusted. Cause that's something I have to do regularly too. Anything, it moved its head at the last second, whatever. That's, all, that's always, that's always the worst. And that's always it, like, that's, that sets the tone for the whole day. That's literally the very first thing I do. And when yep. I get up and go to work, I pull out a firearm number one, you know, within 10 minutes of getting there, that's what I'm doing. And so that sets the tone for the whole day. And that does not, that's a shit ass day. When that, when, when your first trigger pull happens, that's when, like you clock in for the day, right? Like obviously you're setting up and doing everything, but as soon as that trigger gets pulled, you are clocked in and you're working. Go if time. You're not people are going to like it's not going to go great. Like no, and yeah, and I'm just I'm sparing. Like people don't want to do that. Like why would you want to potentially put your animal through unnecessary stress? You know, and that's going to affect your meat. Yeah. Like wholeheartedly, your meat's not going to taste as good. Yeah. And sometimes they're just dumb. Like I had, <laughs> I had, I had a, I had a miss probably, it was probably two months ago. It was very quick, nothing running around. It was just a customer dropped off. It was in our corral and it was me, me being dumb. And I cornered myself right at the gate. Oh yeah. And it just did this right at the last second and it just missed. And as soon as that bullet, it was bright. Like it was, like it wasn't going anywhere, but as soon as that bullet hit, it donkey kicked and did a full backflip into me. Oh and no! <laughs> luckily, the only thing that happened was like those feather bones, like on the chuck, mm. scraped my shins. Like, however it landed, it just kind of backflipped into me, and it just scraped my legs. And I sat there and it was just like, because now I'm trapped in between the gate. Like I'm just in a corner. The gate. The wall and a dead cow in front of me. And it's about to start kicking death row. It's rows. about to start kicking. So I like parkour jumped over this thing and bled it. And then I looked at the eye and it just blinked. And I'm like, shit, bang. Like we, it wasn't we, going anywhere, but it was like, oh, God damn it. Like we've got to start wearing body cameras. We have to. But I, I can't post it anywhere. No one. I, I, can't I know. You can post it to YouTube. Um, Facebook no, I can't. Is they really? well it's you can but they make it age restricted and when you make it age oh. restricted like you have to be signed into youtube and it's just like a dirty little secret as soon as you have to like watch anything that you have to sign into youtube for it's automatically at the bottom that makes me feel better about not having a youtube because everybody's always harassing me about getting one and i'm like you should. Look, you should I'm like i'm sure. already it's already a full-time job getting on tiktok how do you and think? How do you think I feel? I post Facebook. at least two to three videos on YouTube a week, and at least two to three videos on TikTok a day. 
it is a job and it's so like much. it makes it makes me feel i i think i finally nailed down the feeling that i have i enjoy doing it very very much but if the high school bully me saw what i was doing on tiktok and youtube i'd beat the shit out of me like it's like, awkward right what are you doing you fairy like are you dancing around on tiktok like yeah. <laughs> like yeah it's so now very I'm awkward now i'm in it and enjoying it and like i'm like all right i guess i just gotta that's why i said like literally two or three days i've been like no i'm creating content like i'm a content creator because i finally had that moment of just like it is what it is man <laughs> Yeah, like here's my content. Here's I'm a, you're a small business owner, you're a content creator. Exactly. That's the thing. If you want to be any way successful, you've got to be on social media to some degree. Yeah. And the thing is, I started really getting into it because I noticed that no other shop here locally was. And yeah. I'm like, you know, the biggest and for me like it's deeper than that cuz to me it's like people don't know what happens after they drop off that animal, people no. don't know how to fill out a cut sheet. People are oh, so God. intimidated. People are so intimidated by the butcher process that they don't even want to take an animal to the butcher. Like information. It's an, emo it's an emotional. I have seen so many people emotional dropping off. Oh, and I do it like, at their house right in front of them. Oh yeah. And it's so tough. And then you also just have to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Bang. Mm -hmm. Like you have to then just walk away no. and be like, all right. Look. See, I don't, I don't say, I say, I tell people every day, I'm like, if you don't want to be here for this part, like here's and your chance to walk it. away. And I respect that completely. I also respect if you want to stay and I respect you if you get emotional. However, here's what I tell people. I say, I can't console you. Yeah. I like, I fully understand it. I can try to help you feel better about it, you know, by explaining what you're doing and putting meat in your freezer and being more ethical and all those things. But at the end of the day, like, I can't hug you and say, I'm sorry. I will not say I'm sorry. Like, this is my job you hired me to do. Um, I think that it's perfectly normal to have an emotional reaction. Like, I know that that animal was loved and taken care of. And I love that for them, that that's what they're putting in their freezer, not something that was like, had a sad, pathetic life. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I can't, I can't put myself in a position where I feel like I'm the bad guy because i'm not the bad no, guy because you're not and it's um, also it's also one of those things because i talk about it i've talked about it on here in a couple of my videos where it's like i think it, it's definitely what sets us apart that we're able to just do this and it is what it is but also at the same time we get emotional too like when i put down my boar i cried like a baby yeah. i cried like a baby because he was my baby i put so much time like i only had him a couple months but like my entire program was on his back and I was like, he's going to be our future and putting him down that as soon as that trigger pull, pulled that yeah. all flooded to me of just like there, I'm starting from scratch. He was such a good pig. I'm starting from scratch and I cried like a bitch. And my wife's like, are yeah. you all right? I'm like, you need to give me a minute. <laughs> well, that's totally normal. And I tell people that all the time too, is that like, it's a lot easier to shoot someone else's animal. Um, doing your own. That's why I tell, I tell everybody, like I see people posting on some of the groups I'm in and they're like talking about, um, you know, they butchered their own animal for the first time and they show pictures and they act like they're 
um, disappointed or ashamed of it. And I'm looking at, I'm like, you know what, you process your own animal. And that is 100% respect for me. If you are able to go out there and do it and finish the job, like 100%, that's why I teach classes. And, um, I want to continue like branching out on the classroom stuff. I started getting some invitations to go out of state and that's perfect for my mobile shop. Like that is also a direction I'm trying to start taking it. Like I want to build a second trailer, but I want to build it for that in mind, like teaching in mind, um, expos and things like that. Cause I have started doing, you know, I've been invited to a few expos here and there. Um, I think it'd be really cool to like put some awning on it and a TV on the side for some display purposes and extra cutting boards. And Well, that was my other thought about if I ever do um, like a trailer setup would be to like, cause me and Josh are going down to, well, he's coming up to it. I'm going down to the self-reliance festival in Tennessee and we're yeah. doing like this butcher off, which we're apparently supposed to be talking shit about Josh. You can't cut meat worth of shit. You heard it here. So anyway, uh, I'm, Josh, I'm kidding. I love you. It's all good. Um, but uh, I've thought about it. I'm like, I think that's super cool. I've always wanted to teach classes. That's why I did the, that's yeah. why I have a YouTube channel because I'm like, I want to show people how to do this because they should know how to do it. And I've thought about right. like, we're going to see how this goes and see how it works out. And if there's a way to set up like just a small trailer that I do everything outside. Like I'm not cutting anything in the trailer. It's essentially just a walk-in on wheels. Well, just kill your, put your kill truck together, use that, and yeah, then exactly. set out some tables. That's all you exactly. need to do. And just um, be able to go to like festival to festival or county fair or do something and just be like, hey guys, like I have a dead pig in here. Do you want to see me cut it up and ask questions? Cool, here we go. Make yeah. a lot of money on the side and just teach people. Like... That would be the main reason I would do a trailer now is to do it for more of an educational thing. Yeah, well, that's it's so up. rewarding. It's so oh. rewarding, especially the kids. Like I, I've started to I'll do a class for FFA and 4-H's for free. Yeah. Like if they have an animal, they just pay for the regular butchering costs and I will teach their whole chapter for free. And I mean, there was one day I had like 75 kids. That's awesome. Um, coming in, in and out through the trailer during, you know, each period was a different set of kids. Um and I had kids making sausage and stuff in bags and cutting up, it's you so know, I've got it was my, so fun. My young, my youngest is, or my oldest has been in the shop since she was a year and a half, like with a butter knife in her hand. I mean, they've both been on kill floors since they were three weeks old, but both yeah. my girls, both my, both my adorable little girls, like I've got videos of my oldest with a binky in her mouth and a pink Carhartt hat skinning out a black bear with a butter knife. Well, skinning out a black bear with a butter knife. Oh my gosh. That should be your TikTok content. I know it's, but I mean, you gotta be careful putting your kids. I don't, I, that was something that was like my first, like when I started of like, my kids aren't going to be on here. There's one, there's one video where my kids are on. And it was because my wife came in the pen while I was trying to push cows out as like a barrier like to try and move cows into the bigger pasture, but it's, I don't, I don't want them on there. I have zero interest in having them on there. And I don't blame you. There's there's a part of me. There's there's a part of me. That's like, I get a million followers off the adorable shit. They just did with that. Like, (laughs) like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to like do that with my kids. I'm like, no, they're my kids. That's exactly what I want to do. If I want to be an idiot on 
the internet, I'll be an idiot on the internet. But I'm I not going to give them the opportunity to do that until right. they are able to themselves. I think like that's really, that's really what people need to take away from this whole podcast though, is that little kids that are growing up, growing up around it, that are taught about butchering at a young age, that are taught where their food comes from. It's going to be normal for your kids. It's, like it's, they're going to grow up and they're, this is going to be totally normal. But these kids that are grown up in public schools where we're not talking about where your food comes from, where we're not, um, they don't know what the process even looks like. No. They don't even know. It's so crazy to me because I go to people's houses all the time and grown ass adults have never no seen idea. anything butchered. They, and, but they eat meat every single day, right? every single day, sometimes three times a day. So I'm sitting here going, that is so crazy to me. And that should be like, everything you need to know that is wrong with our food system. Because like I go to these houses and a lot of times the kids are homeschooled and guess what butcher day is butcher day is the kids are coming outside mm -hmm. and I'm showing them what a liver looks like. And I've had well, a couple of kids tell me they want to be a butcher when they grow up now. Well, and I literally melt, that, like hurt your soul. My, my oldest melts my heart every time we see a deer. Cause I don't get her in the shop as much as I'd like to. Just because we're at the stage right now where I need to be balls to the walls, getting everything done that I can. Right. And I just don't have the time. And when I do bring her out, it's usually for slaughters. But 90% of it is during deer season because everything's on the winch inside. I'm not running the tractor. I'm not doing anything like it. It's for her safety. It's not me just being like, I don't want to hang out with my kid because I need to work. It's, it's not safe for you to be here right now while I'm doing this. Someone like, needs to be like supervising. Yeah. Once you're older and I don't have to tell you to like, don't chew on that. Like we, you can be out here more with me, but um, she still sees like, she'll just be like, dad, you tell someone to kill a deer so I can cut it up. And I'm like, well, it's August. So no. Good for her. Oh, she's such a little savage. She'll ask if we can kill cows that are like not ours. We'll be driving. She'll be like, dad, can we kill that cow? I'm like, no. No, we can't. She's like, it looks good. It looks right. like it tastes good. It's like, but it's also at the same time, she has such an understanding of death because, again, yes. she's not killed for her. She's three weeks old. My wife, like, is a nurse who's worked ICU and hospice her entire career. So it's we're both we're both pretty versed in it, and we don't hide it from her at all. Yeah. So, like, when we put down our boar, we went inside, like, the next morning. Like, we came downstairs, and we're having breakfast and everything, and we sat her down, and we're like, hey – we need to talk to you. Like, remember how we needed to go out and help Senor because he was sick. Well, he died. Like, we had to, we had to put him down because he wasn't going to make it. And her first thing was she got up and looked out the kitchen window over at his pen, and she turned and she goes, "I loved him, but I'm still going to love him even though he's dead." And I was like, <laughs> "I had just finally oh. recovered from my emotions, and I'm sitting there going." Ugh. But that's so amazing. And so but, that's, and then she just walked away like nothing happened. We had a stillborn come out at her feet with this last yeah. litter. Like we were like, all right, she's done. Like we'll bring, we'll bring Leah out to let her see all the piglets. And lo and behold, whoops, number 13 came out, right? It landed on her foot. And we were like, that's not alive. And whoops. my wife's sitting there with a towel doing the 101 Dalmatians, trying to get it going, yeah. mostly for her, mostly be like, it's okay. And I look at, and my wife goes, we'll be back. 
and they walked over to our farm, like our sign right by the road and with a little garden trowel and they dug a hole right under the sign and they buried it there, both of them. And, um, she came in and she said the same thing. She's like, I love that little pig, but he's dead and it's okay. Cause I still love him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, child. Yeah, but like, imagine if we all grew up, you imagine know, that... year old being a, like a, just a normal 30 year old being able to have that conversation. Yeah. I mean, and see, that's why I get, that's really why I get so angry about like the social platforms taking my content down because mm. It's not because of like, oh, that, I mean, granted, some stuff was going to go viral. You know, I had one going viral and they took it down at 56,000 views and I was pissed. But at the same time, it's like, you're keeping me from showing people what this really looks like. There's like, I can show you pictures of me all day long, like cut up pork chops and steaks and whatever. Yeah. But to get to that point... Like it's a journey, <laughs> it is a journey, and it's so frustrating that they want to like, oh, we want to keep the public from that information. Okay, well, why? Yeah, because we could go exactly. down, we could go down that rabbit hole all day, not all, all night long. That's podcast. That's uh, we, we would be uh, conspiracy theories episode nineteen. Um, the government, the government versus oh butchers. Well, oh we'd, have, we'd have to have we'd have to have Josh on for that one. That oh god, that, that ponytail beard has lots of <laughs> lots of stories with it. We'll get him going. We'll get him heated up. It doesn't but, take no, much. It, it doesn't take much. <laughs> so we are coming He's up on an hour and a half. You are definitely coming back. We are definitely going to do a part two to this for sure. Uh, where can everyone follow you? Oh yeah, so at backyard butchery. There's a Y at the end, spelled somewhere on this screen here. For those who can see it, um, I'm on Facebook Instagram, Facebook. not very much, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. Um, very different content on both of those. Mm. Uh, my website's backyardbutchery.com. You've, all my contact information is there where you can email me and call me directly. So if you have any questions, just don't ask me for my business plan. She's <laughs> <laughs> not going to give it, guys. Not going to give it to struggle. you. Come, all, come stay, come hang out with it with me for a exactly. day. Exactly. All the best butchers are forged in the irons of being freezing cold or being insanely hot and underpaid. That's yeah. that's where the best butchers are forged. And that's well, why. Ask just figure it out. That's why I tell. That's why I have the content on Facebook or on TikTok that I do because it's like you got to be a little bit psycho. Oh, I mean, I mean, you've looked at my TikTok at this point. <laughs> it's like it is insanity. I was lip-syncing uh, Cartman AI or <laughs> AIs in my pig pasture the other day. So I was like, I don't know, this might work. And it did. It did pretty well for me. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Let's do this again. Absolutely. So, and you can follow me at everything at, at Backwoods Butcher 603, um, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I've been, I've been having fun with it, folks. If you're on TikTok, please come follow me. You'll get a chuckle. It's worth it. Um, and then you can listen to this podcast again on YouTube, um, Apple, basically anywhere. You can also listen on fountain. So please go like, subscribe, comment, give me everything. Help me out. I appreciate it folks. So Tiffany, thank you again. This was super fun. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed it and got a chance to meet the critter.